M&M Podcasts. I'm Michael Georgeski, joined by my fellow uh, co-host, uh, Matt Nicoletti, here for the uh, Canberra Football Show, Episode 8. Matt, how are we? I am doing fantastic, Michael. I mean, you know, uh, you know I'm sure we're all a bit fatigued after this uh, long, rainy weekend. However, at the end of the day, we've got a lot of football to talk about, so I'm extremely happy for that. And... Yeah, I'm just glad football actually went underway this weekend, despite the rain and the and the horrible weather. Have you seen the New South Wales? Uh, like it started down in Sydney or uh, the South Coast. Yeah. There. Sorry, it's North Coast coming all the way down. It's been horrendous, and even the uh, the South Coast today, I saw Bayman's Bay and all that is with tropical esque yep. hurricane weathers, and we're getting uh, hurricane winds, and we're also getting pretty bad wind winds here in the Canberra region as well. It's not not good weather at the moment. No, it wasn't the most ideal. Um, playing conditions over over the weekend. Um, obviously, just uh, had that uh, MPL one game between uh, Canberra Olympic and uh, Tuggeron that didn't end up uh, going ahead. Um, but it was good to see all the other games uh, take place. Let's just get out of the way now, shall we? How was what? the weather in terms of uh, your uh, state league match on the weekend? Oh, look, conditions were actually uh, pretty good. Um, I didn't. I didn't play uh, this week uh, due to our uh, team having a max number, uh, an exceeded amount of uh, players this sure, season. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's just down to my playing ability. I'm horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so no conditions were good. Got a five-three win against um, against ANU, one of the one of the better teams in our um, competition. Uh, actually, a. a, a Quite serious uh, incident uh, took place uh, in the in the first five minutes. Uh, we had scored a goal, but we ended up no- knocking out their their keeper at the at the same time. And hope is right. No, oh, m- most definitely. Um, it was about a forty-five minute um, delay, uh, but he ended up uh, as the ambulance arrived. He, he was he was standing. He he walked to the ambulance, uh, which, which was obviously a great sight. Um, you don't want to ever see uh that happen on a on a football pitch um but look we got the win and i'll be i'll be back in the team next week so i'll be a lot more um chirpier let's say (laughs) well that's good then so uh let's start with mpl1 shall we what do we have up first michael well matt uh belconnen united uh making it uh two wins from two under uh paul maycore against uh ulysses's uh woden uh woden weston uh, what, what did you uh, take away from that encounter? This is an interesting match at the AIS. Um, it wasn't supposed to be there originally. It was supposed to be mm. Hawker, and then it moved... It was supposed to be at Ainsley, actually, at one point, um, and then it moved to the AIS. Yeah, Ainsley, where the, near the AFL oval there, they've got the stand and whatnot. Yeah. It's a decent pitch. Yeah, I, I've seen that dr- driving past that a couple of, a couple of times. I've, I've noticed that and thought, it's actually a decent pitch. I wouldn't be surprised if, there were to, if I was to see some games being played there over the course of the season. It was supposed to be, but then they decided on the AIS, and we all know the AIS is the best pitch of them all, honestly. like Their pitches yep. are absolutely fantastic. Um, in, in saying that, though, the match, it wasn't like the conditions were quite good. It wasn't actually very cold for once I actually didn't have to wear a beanie which is uh, <laughs> interesting considering especially you know camera weather yeah. uh, especially the Sunday well that's another thing that we'll discuss later on the weather on Sunday but the Saturday match was interesting Belconnen United 1-0 over Woden Weston Flores again with the goal and like I said just then Luca Flores with another winner he's essentially he just essentially created something out of nothing he he had the ball he had his back to the to the defender Turned, uh, turned him around, weaved in and out of two players, hit a shot off, 
And the shot wasn't the strongest. Maybe the keeper could have saved it. However, the play for it was absolutely fantastic. He, I, I think he, uh, Luca just caught the uh, the keeper off guard there. I don't think the keeper was expecting Luca to shoot at all, considering he had his back to the to the defender. Mm. So that's a credit to Luca and his uh, creativity and great stuff so far. So far, but when you look at it in terms of his ability and what he's brought to the team, Belka have two wins out of their first two games, full six points. If it wasn't for both of Luca Flores' goals, they would only have one point when you put it in that, into that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they wouldn't have won without him, but when you look at it from that perspective, it shows you how well he's developed this season, how crucial he's been, and how just how great he's been. He's been fantastic under the, uh, uh, the tutelage of uh, Paolo McCaw. So that, so far, is really good. And in terms of Belconnor, before we move on to Woden, the thing that really, even though they played a little more pragmatic, so they were a little bit more defensive. However, and Paul mentions in the interview we're about to bring up, he, uh, as being an Italian, he likes to uh, put men behind the ball and, yeah. uh, and keep it solid defensively. However, what impressed me in this game was how flexible he was defensively. At times, he had three at the back, he had four at the back, he had five at the back. He kept that flexibility, I think, will set them apart from the rest of the other teams. I haven't seen any other t- teams defend as consistently as Belconnen have and as impressively as how as Belconnen have. And I think that will really set them apart, especially heading into the match against the Gungala next week, who will have the majority possession anyway. So it's not like they'll be playing a different game against the best team from last season, the current champions from last season. Yeah, I think that's going to... You, you touched on it there. I think that flexibility across um, the different sort of numbers they can put behind the ball in the defensive line is something that's going to put them in good stead um, against uh, the different uh, teams, uh, especially um, teams that are going to be uh, challenging for that top four uh, this season. And I think it will really help them in terms of winning that title challenge because when it comes to the rugged gameplay, they can get it done. And not only... It, it's not like they play ruggedly either. Like When they attack, they attack with pace with Kofi Danning and Flores and the likes of these players. They attack really, really quickly. Now, in terms of Woden Weston, I was actually very impressed with how they played. Ulysses uh, De Silva, I thought uh, his side, his young side, played very, very well. Uh, they vastly improved from their dis- uh, disappointing defeat against Gungal. And in saying that, though, in the interview upcoming, he did say he, he wasn't too disappointed with the actual re- result because he knew Gungal are very, very good. However, he thought there was good aspects in that previous game that helped in this game. And they had a lot more of the ball, which I guess helped because against Gungahlin, you're not going to have the majority of the ball. That's just that's that's just not going to happen. And I thought they knocked around the ball quite well, Woden West, and they broke into very good areas. Except they uh, struggled at they broke into some very good areas. Except they did struggle at the end of the day to break down uh, Belco in the box, uh, as they are very good defensively. However, I thought I thought this was a very very good sign for Woden Western in the larger scheme of things. It shows that they're not going to be whipping boys, uh, in my opinion. Now, it'll be interesting to see how they go against more, uh, more of an attacking team, like someone like maybe like a Manara or a, or a, or a Tigers or someone like that, even though Tigers uh, had a different sort of game plan against Manara, um, which we'll mention later, or even like an Olympic, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I'm actually interested to see how they go against Olympic because they're sort of like Gungahlin in that regard. Yep. So let's see if they've uh, taken the aspects from that Gungahlin game into the next game. However, I, th- I don't think that first game will truly reflect how they play because I think they play quite well today. And let's see if they can keep this up. I think it sets them in very good stead against 
Tuggerung in the Southern Derby. Is that what it's called? Well, that's what no. I'm calling it now. Well, well, well you heard it here first. <laughs> it's, a, it's the Southern Derby against Tuggerung. And uh, they have the upper hand because Tuggerung, of course, have to play midweek against Olympic. Yep. So uh, let's see if they can take that in because if they can use this momentum and then take that advantage against Tuggerung and get three points against Tuggerung, I think it will set them in good stead for this season. And... Like I said, I still think the overall season will be difficult for Woden Western, considering like Tuggerong, they're shopping, like we keep saying, they're shopping in a different market. However, they, I think they proved against Belco that they have more to offer than that first showing against Gangalan did. And now here is what Paulo, Paulo Mokor had to say in this, in this uh, victory. Two wins, six points for you guys this season. What did you, what did you make of the way your boys played on the uh, weekend, on Saturday night? Um, exactly what you said. Uh, two matches, two wins. That's what we we aim for. You know, you play against a championship team in the first round, and you get a win off them. It would have been uh, injustice if we didn't get a win against Woden. But in saying that, I thought Woden were exceptional. Um, they improved from the week before against Gungalan. But uh, at the end of the day, a win to win, and we didn't concede, which I'm, I'm more than happy with. And once again, uh, one of your youngsters, Luca Flores, once again with the winner. How are you liking his development this season? Uh, to you the week before, we've got uh, five players that are 17 years of age. Um, Luca Flores is one of those players that he can um, turn a game on a dime, um, which he does. But uh, exceptional, yeah. And you, saw it with, game. and you saw it with that goal as well. Like He just added nothing. He just created a dribble in between two defenders. Well, to be honest, I didn't actually see the goal. I just saw the footage afterwards, and I'm going, wow, yeah, no, brilliant. You know, we took the two players on, and we just uh, stepped past them. Great finish. And you were talking about how um, you were happy that you guys didn't concede a goal. Uh, Rock-solid defense on the day and against Olympic as well. And I realized how flexible your defense was. Like, that sometimes you had, a, you had three at the back, sometimes you had four, sometimes you had five. Is that sort of flexibility something you guys uh, have worked on or something... Uh, you're, you would be pleased with heading into the match, the big match next week against Gungahlin? Well, as, um, you know, being an Italian heritage, I like to defend in numbers and I like to get everyone behind the ball. But, um, you know, the back four has probably been, or the back five, the keeper has been the backbone so far because um, those players haven't changed week in, week out. So they've been solid then. You know, even going forward, they've... Um, they had stepped up. Gungala next week. Very big match. How are you guys going to be preparing for that one? Uh, just like every other game, we'll just prepare um, each week uh, as it comes. Um, Gungala are in exceptional form. They've got an exceptional player list. Um, but like I said, we'll just turn up on the game on the day and we'll just uh, give it our best. And here is what uh, Woden Western coach Ulysses De Silva had to say after his side's defeat against uh, Belconnen. All right, so pretty close matchup for you guys today. Um, the result didn't go your way. However, I'm sure there was a lot there uh, that was positive from your team's performance. It was a close game. Um, uh, I thought we uh, deserved to get something from the game. So, you know, we'll take that as a, as a positive and um, keep improving each week. And do you feel that's uh, the sort of reaction you were looking for in terms of how you guys played considering last week's result? Oh, look, um, uh, I didn't spend too much time worrying about last week um, and particularly the result. I didn't think the, the result was um, uh, sort of... Uh, the result didn't reflect 
you know, our performance. Um, but today we got a, a better taste of what we can, um, what we can do. Um, so, um, yeah, it was a better performance um, today, but still um, not the result that we're looking for. And you guys had a lot of possession today. You, a uh, lot of a um, lot of positive sort of. I don't want to call it tiki tag. I hate calling tiki tag. But you know what I mean? Like keeping the possession sort of a uh, sort of play. Uh, is that the sort of game you your team likes to play? Uh, well, yeah, we prefer to have possession of the ball. Um, you know, we work hard to keep possession of the ball. Um, you know, we've got you know uh, uh, the quality to um, maintain possession and um, I would have liked to have created a few more goal scoring opportunities. I would have liked even more to score, but it wasn't, wasn't to be tonight. And next week you guys have Taogorong. How are you guys going to prepare for that match? Exactly the same way as we prepared this week. Exactly the same way as we prepare every week. Um, so it's... Um, you know, we'll review the, the video from tonight. And the other match in on Saturday at 5.30pm from Riverside, we had Monaro Panthers who lost 2-1 to Tigers FC, as Russ dubbed it, the Battle of the Big Cats. Uh, James Ward scored in the 35th minute for Monaro and Streaker and, uh, scored a penalty in the 67th, and then Borgner scored the winner in the 83rd minute. Obviously, uh, before, before the game... Uh, kicked off. Uh, they had a tribute for Dominic uh, Barilaro and a one-minute silence. Uh, he, of course, uh, is the father of Nationals uh, political and uh, deputy uh, premier of New South Wales and former Monaro president uh, John Barilaro. Uh, the team wore uh, black armbands for a man that uh, gave a lot to the Monaro uh, football club. He was the president of the Marco Polo Club, which for those who don't know, uh, was the equivalent uh, to Croatian uh, Deacon Club. So Croatia Deacon Club. Uh, it stands today next to the Riverside Stadium uh, where it is a mixture of uh, businesses inside. Yeah, it's like sort of like a, like a little plaza inside, you know, yeah. like there's a little like a pathologist and a, and a doctor's center and that sort yep. of thing. It's just one of those sort of things. So essentially, yeah, uh, Domenico Barilaro was quite big in the... Uh, what was the old Inter Monaro community, and he did a lot for the club. There's, uh, if you've ever met someone called John Santolin, who's actually the nephew of uh, MPL two coach Ugali Luke Santolin. Mm -hmm. He's no, sorry, the uh, he's the uncle of him, and uh, he'll tell you about all the old timers. And he's just got plenty of interesting stories about how Monaro, like every other club back in the day, all volunteer clubs, and he did a lot for them. He was a the president of the Marco Polo, and of course. For those who were there, used to watch Inter, uh, Inter used to sit in the uh, balcony up there and used to watch all the matches from the top. Uh, sort of like the Roos Club, whatnot in Queenview, you can sit from the balcony in the Vikings clubs, you know, those sort of things. You sit from the balcony and they're there. He was a president of that and he did a lot for the club. And when John Santolin restarted Monaro Panthers after their two, three year hiatus when they weren't a club, um, Domenico Barilaro, as the president of the Marco Polo, um, was one of the first people John went to. So he was uh, quite. Uh, um, he was quite very influential. Yeah, he uh, was on the, on the club, and so yeah, rest in peace to Domenico Barilaro, and that's a very nice tribute. And Russ, like you said, Russ Gibbs says some stuff after the match. Uh, sorry, in during the match, but, and in terms of the game, uh, not very good for Monaro in terms of the result, but they played very well. So this is the second match in a row where they have zero points, but they played very well. So a lot of people consider it unlucky, including Russ. 
who's unfortunately there was um, some technical difficulties, difficulties with his audio, so I wasn't able to uh, get that sorted. Sorry, Russ. Come on, Russ. You know, he's <laughs> got to do better with his audio skills. <laughs> so, or it could be my fault. We'll see what happens. But anyway, so um, yeah, so uh, during that, he thought Monaro actually quite uh, unlucky in that regard. So second time they played really well. So it's going to be interesting to see what they can do next week against Olympic. Of course, they have the upper hand in terms of Olympic having a fewer days rest. However, for Jimmy's side, this will be crucial. If they lose to Olympic, I don't know, but it's going to be difficult if they lose to Olympic. How can they get back into this race with, with three games and zero points? In saying that, though, if you keep playing that well, eventually you're going to win in that regard. And for Tigers, on the other hand, however, efficiency is king for them. Two wins, six points. Uh, like I said, they were quite efficient. With They probably had a lot less opportunities than Monaro. However, they had a lot more in the second in the, in the last bit of the match, and they were quite efficient. So it gives them a lot of confidence heading into Canberra, Croatia, who, of course, drew with Gungahlin. And if they can get a win at home, which is more than likely against Canberra, Croatia, um, they will be a very tough match. However, they usually do very well at home. Uh, full nine points on the board next week, they could be in top top condition, uh, along with uh, Belconnet to sort of, uh, or Olympic or any of these sides to sort of uh, fight for the league. Yeah, they're in a very good position, uh, Tigers, at the moment, um, in the, in this, at this moment in time. Six points from two games. I know that we've, we've mentioned that already, but um, you, know that you couldn't ask for a better start for Ryan Grogan in uh, his, his tenure so far with, with Tigers uh, heading into that uh, game against Canberra, uh, Croatia. It, on the Monero side of things... Uh, Winless from their first two games, they have another really. They've had a very tough uh, first three games. What will be a, a, a first uh, three games? They've, they've played really well uh, from snippets that I've seen over the last couple of weeks. They they're, they're just missing the result. Uh, they played very well against uh, Canberra, Croatia in the opening round of the uh, competition. They were unlucky uh, against Tigers to not come away uh, with with a result as well. So it's. A pivotal game for them uh, next week against uh, Canberra Olympic. And it should be a cracking match as well. That is also on Bar TV Sports with Frank Keisha and Russ Gibbs commentating. And hopefully Russ Gibbs will be back on the show next week after, you know, his, uh, the ANU uh, O-Week with his uh, sports uh, job over there. Yep. It's gotten him very busy, which is uh, definitely fair enough. He's got no time for us anymore. What's going on here? <laughs> Russ, Russ apologises. He'll be back next week, I'm sure. So... <clears throat> Tugman United and Canberra Olympic, like we said, didn't play, so that was postponed due to the weather. I know the under-23s played, but they moved to the other Canberra pitch, so they moved from the enclosed pitch and they moved to the other pitch. And, however, the first grade will be uh, played at AOS on Wednesday evening, 7pm, live on Bar TV, Sport, Bar TV Sports, once again with Russ Gibbs and former Olympic coach Frank Casho. Frank's becoming quite the regular on Bar TV at the moment. He is. He is, isn't he? It's great to see. He brings a very good perspective to the game, as did Mitch Stevens. I thought he did a very good job yep. on the Monaro Tigers game as the uh, colour commentator there. It's great to, sorry, just to have these uh, coaches fill into these commentating uh, roles on, on Bar TV. It just offers sort of their insight and their, and their knowledge uh, behind what's, what's going on, uh, but obviously uh, on TV. And I think it, it gives viewers the opportunity just to sort of see how these coaches who have coached in the in the uh, league for a, a numerous years um, and ha how they how they see um, games unfold tactics and whatnot so it's good 
that uh, we're seeing a diverse range of coaches being um, uh, on, on uh, Bar TV. And in saying that, though, let's not forget our good friend Lachlan Roberts, a media man of Cabra football. He did also did a good job uh, in the women's match and also in the women's match, Minara V. Tavron, and also last week with Russ Gibbs in that match. And he'll also be with Russ Gibbs this weekend, Kuma Ta- sorry, Tigers FC against... You nearly uh, Camp- up. I nearly, against uh, Canberra Croatia. Uh, that's going to be in Kuma, though. So that should be an interesting matchup. So Russ is making the big trip to Kuma for that, uh, for that match. So locals of Kuma, get out there and enjoy this uh, great Bar TV production. Okay, now, last but not least in MPL 1, we have Canberra Croatia, who were 1-1 with Gungalan on a wet log pitch, as I'm sure you'll mention right now. Giampaolo with the penalty and the 59th minute. And then uh, Bernabeu Madrid scored in the 27th minute for Gungahlin United. Michael, you watched this one. What do you have to say about it? I did, I did. Uh, obviously, the playing conditions were not suitable for either uh, side at Deakin uh, Stadium. Uh, Bernardo uh, Madrid scoring on his debut for Gungahlin, a very well-taken goal uh, in, the, in the 27th minute, like you mentioned, uh, before uh, Deakin really turned it up uh, in, the, in the second half and were awarded um, for, for their um, persistence uh, by... Giampaolo scoring uh, from the penalty spot just before the hour mark. I think a telling um, story from the encounter was seeing uh, Canberra Croatia's Nico Kalfas being given his marching orders in the second half. It it sparked uh, the home side uh, going forward. They actually created more after that, despite being a man down, which was which was fascinating to see. But it just shows um, how much grit and determination uh, they had uh, in order to try and get themselves back in the game, uh, which they did. So all all credit to. Uh, Canberra Croatia also the introduction of uh, Daniel Barak up front really made a difference he was very energetic chasing every every single ball down uh, from what I saw Um, just uh, it was was really hard for both sides obviously to implement uh, their styles of play you know it's always difficult when you've got such a wet surface it's going to be you're going to have to you know adjust on the fly and in saying that though I feel bad for the uh, for the groundsmen who are going to be working on that Deacon yeah, pitch getting, it's, the, getting the pitchforks out just... that Deacon pitch is not going to be good after that game I can no. guarantee it right now anyway gone no and um, you know that obviously going on the implementation of, of styles and either side not really being able to do much given the playing surface I think that would have frustrated someone like uh, Marcel uh, who Munoz who you know loves to implement a possession-based game and you, and you just can't do that when it's you've Patrick. got such a damp, damp pitch. I mean, we were watch, I, was, I was watching the game and you'd have, you'd have passes stopping halfway uh, between uh, the player making the pass and the player trying to receive it. It was just one of those games. Um, you know, reasonably entertaining um, given the, the circumstances and the, and the playing surface. Um, but uh, overall, uh, a great game. Um, not much else I can really uh, say there, Matt. You, you, you got me. <laughs> I think well, I actually went... Well, we, well, we do have uh, more to say about it, however, as the Gungalan coach, Marcel Munoz, had a chat to you straight after the match. How, how did you assess uh, the, the 90 minutes uh, overall? Uh, look, the conditions, uh, you know, in my opinion, didn't allow for us to, to really play the, you know, the, the style of football that, that we like to. Um, it made it difficult for us to really spray the ball around, as, you know, the way that we the way, the way that we normally uh, like to do. Uh, that said, I thought that we adapted reasonably well 
you know, throughout the 90, or as much as we could possibly. Um, you know, and look, on the balance, I thought that we had a bit more opportunities to to score than than uh, Canberra Croatia. However, you know, this is football, you know, when you don't put your opportunities away, uh, you know, this is, uh, this is what you come away with. Yeah, right. And is it in a way a bit of a missed opportunity considering in the second half they were obviously uh, reduced to, to 10 men when Kalfas uh, got, got sent off? Yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I thought that once Kalfas got sent off, that they had the better of their opportunities throughout the game. Mm-hmm. We we didn't really adapt really, you know, well to the to the to the numerical superiority. You know, um, however, as the game obviously then you know got on, or, or at least after you know maybe another five or ten minutes after uh, Kalfas got sent off, I thought that yeah, we we tried desperately um, to to find the winner. However, you know, I, I, yes, I do feel like it was a missed opportunity, absolutely. Right. I guess lastly, what just going uh, off that um, in terms of Canberra-Croatia really coming back into the game, really after that that uh, that red card, um, as a coach, I guess, what was it like seeing that reaction from them? Because like you said, they, they did create a, a fair few chances. Look, you know, especially when, we were 10, when they were 10, they... they the game opened up. We obviously sent a few numbers forward. However, we just didn't adjust on the transition very well in that in that regard. Um, and so when they, you know, it was frustrating for me to, you know, to obviously uh, be watching them create, you know, a couple of decent opportunities, uh, you know, when they were to uh, to ten men. However, I thought that after after a while, I thought we, we, you know, once we really found our feet with the ten. It, you know, or, or started finding the, the extra man there, mm-hmm. we, we reacted much better than, than the initial stages of, of uh, Kalfas getting sent off. And here's what Canberra Croatia President Tony Vidovic had to say about the match. Pretty close match yesterday. Not the most ideal weather conditions, of course. What did you make, what did you make of your uh, team's performance? Oh, look, it was, it was certainly a heavy track there for most of the game, but um, I thought both teams performed really, really well given the conditions. Um, there was still, you know, um, quite a bit of skill involved and and plenty of good um, interchanges between the players and plenty of opportunities for both sides. So I think our players adapted really well, gave a really good account of themselves and um, showed everyone there that, you know, that they were in, they were in it for this year. It's not just a one-horse race. And uh, some of those players that did well, one of them was uh, Daniel Barach immediately making an impact off the bench. What did you make of his performance? Oh, look, Daniel was fantastic when he came on. He um, certainly provided us an avenue to um, to hold the ball up and and, and to give us, um, you know, he created a fantastic opportunity with Emilio for, for Ryan to, to seal the game, but um, it didn't happen. Um, in saying that, Don Gimpolo, you know, for... First game he started in a long time. He was excellent up front. You know, got got the sin bin sort of cooled him down a bit. But yeah, certainly Daniel coming on gave, it a, gave us another dimension for sure. And after Calfas got the second yellow, you, you guys actually had some uh, even better opportunities. Uh, is that a testament uh, to the team to when they go down a man, they uh, respond in that sort of way? That's right. You know. Um, Probably Gungahlin were expecting us to close up shop, but you know 
Dean's got the boys. He's, he's got he's communicating to the boys what he wants, and the, I think the boys are, are really responding to Dean this year. And and um, we we played. We had uh, uh, Don Palo off for ten minutes towards the end of the first half there as well, and it was just all go. You know, the boys when they see an opportunity, they'll, they'll go for it. And um, yeah, try try to um, not not sit back and and whatever. But yeah, just just keep going and keep striving for the win. And next week, you guys are off to Cooma to face the Tigers, who are currently uh, two for two in terms of wins now. Uh, what's the preparation going to be like for that game? Oh, look, I think it's going to be a pretty light preparation uh, this week, yeah. given the <laughs> today and maybe a bit more rain tomorrow. And, and certainly, I think a lot of the players are feeling it. You know, it was a very heavy track, so a lot of the players will still be feeling it in their legs. But, you know, it's time to... Um, to recover as best as they can. I'm sure the coaching staff at our club, they'll reassess, you know, on Thursday what we've got. They'll work out a game plan. Certainly travelling to Cooma, everybody knows what that like. They're, they're just rock solid, you know, down there at Nijong. And, yeah, we'll have, just have to figure out a way. Yeah, we had a good trip down there last year and, and we were doing the comeback and winning all those games. So hopefully um, we can go down there and give a good account of ourselves once again. Now, looking ahead to the MPL Round 3 matches, as we mentioned before, this could be a pivotal game in the Monaro Panthers' uh, season uh, when they uh, travel to O'Connor to take on uh, Canberra Olympic uh, 3pm on this Saturday at O'Connor Enclosed. Uh, next up, uh, Woden Western take on Tuggeranong United Saturday, 3.45 at Melrose Synthetic. And what a cracker we have here. Gungahlin United up against Belconnen United. Both teams two from two to start the season. 3pm at AIS Grassfields 1. That's going to be an absolute cracker. And lastly, we have Tigers FC. We have another great game. Uh, Tigers FC at home playing host to uh, Canberra Croatia Sunday 3pm at uh, Nijong Oval. And of course, all those games are going to be on Bar TV Sports. And once again, the matches that will be commentated by Russ is Canberra Olympic versus Monaro at O'Connor and also Tigers FC versus Canberra Croatia from Nijong Oval in Kuma. All right, next up, we have the MPLW where the first match of the round was Monaro Panthers who drew 1-1 with Tuggerong United. And they both came back from their heavy defeats last week with Hardwick scoring for Monaro Panthers and Tuggerong. Uh, and days and Daisley scoring for Tuggerno. Michael, what did you make of this matchup? Uh, Monero obviously uh, bouncing back uh, to get a point after uh, their uh, you know hard result last weekend. Uh, they bounced back, managed to obviously get a point in this one. Uh, share of the spoils uh, was on display at Riverside uh, as Monero and Tuggeranong uh, left the left the contest with a point each. Uh, Tuggeranong took the lead in, inside uh, the first uh, half an hour of the match, but Monero responded with a with a beautiful uh, free kick that crept just under underneath the crossbar. And I think Tuggeranong's back four uh, showed a lot of composure uh, during the during the ninety minutes, uh, which is something that will definitely uh, please Coach Michael Alfred. Um, and they were led by fourteen year old Anne Marie Sims, uh, who, who who had an excellent uh, game uh, for the visitors. And I, I do think them keeping a good composure at the back will lead them, should lead them in good stead uh, against their very, very tough test against Belconnen this weekend. And I was told that the conditions were quite windy over in Queanbeyan on that day, mm. which was interesting because 
I was north side watching the MPL2 O'Connor and Queen City match yeah. and the Belconnor match after that, and it was not windy at all. So no. uh, it was just cold, but it wasn't windy. So it was paradise. So all the uh, all the all the Queen haters, I'm sure, will uh, be on Queen for that one. <laughs> anyway, very impressive from uh, Anne Anne-Marie Sims. I was a 14 year old doing very well MPLW. That was very very impressive. It's great to see. Uh, I mean, 14 years of age to to be, you know, essentially leading a leading a backline in in a competi- competition like the MPLW, given the, ca- the caliber of players that that competition uh, possesses, is, it's very encouraging. Uh, not just in the MPLW, but I mean, just in the Canberra footballing uh, landscape, it's great to, great to see a, a youngster thriving uh, in that manner. It certainly is great to see. And Monaro next week have, they have Gungahlin. So that'll be another tough test for both teams. So I'm sure both teams will be happy with a point especially after last week and having a positive performance will keep them in good steads for yep. both their tough matches this weekend. Yep. Obviously, uh, next on the agenda uh, was Canberra Olympic up against uh, Woden Weston. Uh, 5-1 victory for Olympic uh, with Begg uh, scoring a double uh, in the first 14 minutes. Uh, Hoffman and Skies and Guo uh, in, the, in the 78th uh, minute there uh, scoring the fifth goal. Uh, whilst uh, Woden Weston's Miller Carton um, brought back a little consolation uh, goal there. Uh, Matt, uh, do you want to talk about this game here? Very, very impressive from Canberra Olympic. I know I said it last week. I said there is no way Canberra Olympic are going to come you last again that. this season. And uh, they just proved that they are here to stay this season. And this is a real win of intent, especially against it's a team. It's a massive statement, isn't it? Especially against a team in Woden Weston who held their own against the, ra- the runners-up last season, Canberra Croatia, uh, last week. They really did hold their own. So this is a very, very impressive impressive victory for Canberra Olympic. As we said last week also, uh, Nicole Begg was very, very good. She created a lot of chances against the Gungahlin, except she wasn't able to convert any of them. This week, though, a double. And her sister, of course, Ashley Sykes, um, returned after having last week off where they just wanted to make sure that she was all right. And that worked out well for Olympic in that regard because there was nothing uh, that didn't risk her. And uh, she came to this game to score a goal. And like we said, great coup for the uh, for Olympic to get Nicole Begg and uh, Ashley Sykes playing for their team. So a very, very impressive performance from Olympic in that regard. Andrew Woodman will be very, very happy with that. Woden West, on the other hand, I guess I'll be a, a little bit disappointed uh, uh, with how this game went. Uh, they did get back into the game, though, in the second half. However, by that point, it might have uh, been a little bit too late to get back into the game. However, I don't think... Woden will look at this and say, that's it for us. They'll, um, no. They did very well last week, and I think they do have a lot to offer. It, this, this probably just wasn't, uh, this wasn't the game for them. However, I think they were running into a steam train in Olympic. They really felt, I, especially after talking to Andrew last week, you could tell he was yeah. really, really intent on getting a big win on the board. Because uh, he felt last week that they really that they um, they should have scored at the very least, and he felt their team played better than the result showed. So I think, uh, in terms of Woden Weston, I think they were just uh, just wrong place, wrong time. They were coming up, but like I said, against a steam train in Canberra Olympic, a real big statement victory for Andrew Woodman's side. Yeah, Anything else a, you want to add? Yeah, there's a, there's, I guess it just got me thinking just then, Matt when we come to the end of the season and we kind of, you know, assess the three competitions and who finished in the top four and um, what sides really stood out in each each of these competitions, I think, 
people are actually going to start, you know, really taking um, Cam- this Canberra Olympic MPLW side um, very, uh, very seriously. Um, I think they can be uh, one of the most, um, if you want to call it, one of the most improved uh, teams. They definitely have uh, the calibre to, to achieve uh, something like that. I, I think slowly people are taking notice. I mean, they did struggle last year. Um, I remember talking to Andrew in, in, in pre-season how much they had worked uh, to, to get better as a football club and I think that's already showing and it's only two games in but we could definitely be looking um, ahead um, once all once the season's wrapped up and really saying that Canberra Olympic were by far one of the most um, improved teams um, out of all the competitions. Very impressive victory for them and heading on to another impressive game Wagga City Wanderers uh, hosted Canberra Croatia, where they lost 4-3 in a thrilling matchup. We had Carey scoring a double for Wagga City in the 41st and 69th minute, and then Vakari scoring in the 43rd minute. And then we had for Canberra Croatia, we had Chow scoring all four goals in the 7th, 42nd, 51st, and 56th minute. Seven-goal thriller in Wagga, Michael. Yeah. What did you make of the game? I mean, so just I mean, incredible stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, MPL. Probably a bit of a goal fest, uh, you know. There was uh, six goals in that in that last encounter that we just touched on there, and we've got seven uh, here in Wagga, so a lot of goals uh, to to see uh, over the uh, MPLW. Uh, obviously, special shout out to Canberra uh, Croatia's uh, Sharon Chow, uh, who proved to be probably the the uh, standout performer uh, in in the MPLW uh, this week uh, weekend. Sorry, this past weekend uh, with with her four goals. Uh, Canberra Croatia, uh, two wins from two uh, to start their uh, campaign, uh, which which they will be obviously very uh, pleased about um, heading into next week. And I think whilst you give um, all the credit uh, to Canberra Croatia for coming away uh, with with the victory, I mean you you have to um, make special note of the the great effort uh, by Wagga uh, by Wagga City. I mean against one of the best sides that's been around in this women's division. Uh, here in Canberra for for a long time, um, and it being their first game of the season, having the bye uh, last weekend, it, it, it's a fantastic effort, and I don't think they should hang hang their heads down low uh, at all. They just uh, they they pushed uh, Canberra Croatia uh, in this game, and I'm interested to see how they're uh, going to play going forward. And talking about playing going forward, next week should be a cracking matchup. We've got Wagga City against Canberra Olympic, and we'll talk about the golf fest. That might be another golf fest it out at could very well be out at Gissing Oval. What do we have next up, Michael? Uh, Canberra uh, United Academy and up against uh, Gungahlin United with Gungahlin United obviously edging it out 1-0 uh, thanks to Brown's goal in the 45th minute. Yeah, I mean, look, it was a very interesting match right. and I, I commentated this match with Jeremy and if you've ever been a Hawker, you know you got the... Um, you got, uh, this season got the scaffold for the bar TV. Yeah. And actually, an interesting, fun story about that is uh, about just after halftime, let's say 60 minutes in, the, uh, the, the live stream actually cut. There was a circuit issue. So oh, no. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it was due to the rain. I'm not sure what it was. However, they uh, shout out to the Bar TV guys who all got it up and the cameraman who got up running with 10 minutes to go. I thought he wasn't going to come back yeah. at all. So Jeremy and I did get back on the stick after that. Maybe they just had enough of 
you and Jeremy on the on the live stream. Yeah, maybe I'm kidding, I'm ma- kidding, maybe I'm Jeremy, kidding. I, maybe Jeremy and I were just uh, that poor that uh, it just uh, the the circuit couldn't handle it. It just cut out. But yeah, in saying that though, uh, the match was a very interesting one. Uh, like you said, one nil to Cambry uh, to Gungalan United. It was a bit of a feeling out process early on with Gungalan. Uh, uh, playing um, playing their uh, possession-based football as, as we're all accustomed to at, at the moment. Canberra mostly struck on the counter. They sat a little bit deep to begin with, which is probably a smart move to start with. Um, however, uh, Canberra United did start to grow more into the game. However, when they started to do that, Gungahlin scored legitimately like 30 seconds before halftime. Mm. Um, 30 seconds before halftime. And it was a fantastic shot from uh, from Ella Brown. She hit it. Uh, she uh, ran down the wing, cut inside, cut back in, and then hit it straight into the bottom left corner, which was great to see uh, in terms of a, a goal perspective. It was a quality goal. And in the second half, however, it was a bit of a different game because Gungar- we saw more of defense- uh, a Gungarland's defensive side of the game, which, we're not- which we haven't seen so far this season. We didn't They've- see it much last weekend. They're- even the first half, they're more on the offensive. And... Um- Drew, my interview Diego Iglesias, he mentions a, a bit about this, which is coming up very shortly. However, it was very, but they, they did do well. They, they kept out CUA for the rest of the second half. Uh, however, in saying that, though, CUA, I thought, were quite unlucky not to score because they hit the post three times. And Kaylee, and Kaylee Tanini also made some fantastic saves in that regard. And they were, they were quality shots as well. They were like lob shots, hit the top uh, of the bar. Trust me, I know that exact feeling um, not to bring this back up again but last <laughs> weekend in, in my first state league game we did hit the po- post and crossbar for a combined total of three times before scoring um, so you've got a you've got a man with sympathy here for you guys see yeah. in saying that though I thought both teams played very very well and it was like I said it was a wet match especially in the second half however it was on synthetic so it did allow uh, Gungala to play their passing game because it, it'll still glide. Yep. However, as you would know, playing on synthetic when it's wet and you go for the long ball, whenever a ball bounces, it'll bounce a little bit higher. Yep. So, um, sorry, in saying that though, it uh, the every player tried to test the keeper, which was smart. They tried to test the keeper with shots from outside and shooting whenever they could because obviously with the wet surface and the wet gloves, it's gonna uh, keepers bound to make a mistake. However, credit to both keepers, they did really well. They made a lot of good saves and they didn't really make any mistakes in that regard. And like I said, I did speak to coach Diego Iglesias after the match and here's what he had to say. All right, so it was a, it was a very uh, very close game today. What were your thoughts on the uh, performance of the team? Yeah, really, really good game, really good uh, performance by both sides. Um, I think, um, you know, it was uh, as the weather deteriorated, it got harder and harder to keep playing footy. Um, but both sides kept going at it. Um, and it's really good. Yeah, really happy with, with, with that performance. Now, today we saw uh, more of the defensive side of your game, which we didn't see too much last week or in the first half. It was mostly in the second half. Were you happy with uh, uh, that sort of display that the girls put on with uh, solid defence? Yeah, I did. They, we ran around a, first, a fair bit in the first half. So um, I knew that we were going to have to play a little bit more conservative in the second half, especially once we got the goal. Um, it wasn't to sit back on the laurels, but to not attack every single play. So there was a few of them that were given a defensive job to do and, and just to make sure we maintained a shape no matter who those players were, and I think they did a good job. 
And now you have uh, all six points going into Monaro. Only you and Canberra Croatia have the six points. And of course, Belconnen had the bye. Does that set you up in good stead for next week's match with Monaro? It does. It does. It means I can um, try a couple of different combinations. I can not rest players, but I can um, not have to field the absolute strongest starting team. I can keep these girls up my sleeve. And if we need to go in and, and, and get the result against Monero, I can roll them on. But it, it just will allow me to really get some rotations done and keep building up the squad. Matt, you also spoke to CUA coach Scott O'Donnell after the proceedings. What did you make of the overall performance? Yeah, I was happy with the performance, mate. The girls uh, worked really hard. They did what we tried to, what we've been working on this week. Um, and Gungarland's a good team. Um, and I think we we had enough chances to, to win the game, but it's, you know, you don't take your chances and you get punished. And next week, uh, you guys will take on Woden West, and how are you guys going to approach that? Yeah, like we do every game, mate. We, you know, we respect every opposition we play, and we will watch their game. We've watched their last two games, so we'll be we'll have an idea of how they play. Um, but they beat us here last year, in the first game of the season, so it's a good challenge for the girls, and good to check them, see how we um, rebound from from a disappointing loss. The disappointing. Uh, the loss is disappointing. The performance I was, I was happy with. So, you know, little bits. Everyone can improve a little bit. And next up, next week, we have the round three matches of the MPLW. We've got Wagga City Wanderers taking on Canberra Olympic, which should be a cracking match. Sunday, 3pm out at Gissing Oval in Wagga. Then we've got Gungahlin United against Monaro Panthers <coughs> at Gungahlin Enclosed, Sunday, 3pm. And then we've got Tuggerong United versus Belcon United Sunday, 3pm once again at Canberra. And then we've got Woden Western versus Canberra United Academy Sunday, 3.15pm, just to change things up a little bit at Melrose Synthetic and Canberra Crash over the bye. Excellent. Well, we're moving on now to the MPL2. Uh, first match, uh, Wagga City Wanderers up against Western Malonglo, a stalemate uh, in Wagga. Uh, Nicoletti... Break it down. <laughs> All right. So next up, we have, uh, like you said, Western Mongolo against Wagga City. I was very intrigued to hear about the results of this matchup because I thought they were both teams that got very good results uh, in the first round and just that have strengthened quite well in the off season. I was told that the match, uh, that this stalemate of a match, uh, Western Mongolo saw the footage early on from last week of Wagga City and knew that they were going to press and have high intensity straight away. So they decided to sit back a little bit in the first opening bits of the matchup. And Babbage did tell us he wants to make the home ground a fortress. So I wasn't surprised when I heard that Wagga went for the hmm. high pressing immediately straight away. That's what most teams do when they want to make their home ground a fortress. However, Western Malongolo, they suffered a big loss in the game as their captain Ryan Hawkins came out with a hamstring injury. Uh, they believe he'll be out to two, for two to three weeks. He should have the scans, though, and uh, the worst uh, time out for him is believed to be four to five weeks. So hopefully, we hope, yeah. yeah, hopefully, you know, a, a quick recovery because that's a that's a massive loss for Western Malonglo, given the given the scope of the season and also the leadership. Most importantly, oh, of losing of losing a captain in that regard, and I think this result of, as a nil nil just shows how competitive the MPL2 is going to be this season. I mean, we've got two of these sides who we, we all thought they strengthened quite well and they thought we'd, we thought they'd, they'd do well this season, but they were both sides that didn't finish in the top four last season. So if you're someone who doesn't really follow MPL2 much and you're listening to this podcast mm. or you didn't follow much last season, you would think, oh, Western Malongolo and uh, Wagga City won't be favourites in the top four. However, I think they both are. I think we've got like a... It's very competitive. 
this season. Let's Don't leave, sleep on it. Let's just leave it this way. I think we've got more than four teams competing for the top four this season, which is fantastic to see. And we'll mention it. It's great for the competition. We'll mention it further on. And, of course, we've also got... Uh, Western, uh, Western Malongolo against ANU should be a massive matchup this season. Absolutely massive. Uh, ne- this week, sorry. Uh, of course, if I'll mention this a little later on, but if ANU don't get a victory after they lost again this week against White Eagles, that could be disastrous for their season in terms of competing for that top four, uh, unless they have a, a clean sweep of matches in the last little bit. Yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. And obviously... Uh you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll get into that obviously uh, very, very soon in terms of uh, the ANU uh, side of things. Quick mention before we move on, though, Wagga will be versing the recently victorious Brindabella, and that should be a very interesting matchup as well because Zoran Glavnich uh, said that, uh, of course, that his side against against Ugali isn't the real uh, Brindabella side. He said mm-hmm. the team have a lot more to offer and they proved it this week against Narabunda, which we will mention a little bit later on. But I think that should Great that, to hear. that could be another high-scoring matchup, Wagga and Brindabella. It could be. It could be. Most, most definitely. Uh, moving on. Uh, O'Connor Knights uh, up against Queanbeyan City, one of the matches uh, of, the, of the round uh, in MPL, MPL 2. Obviously, Queanbeyan City coming away with a massive win uh, away from home. Uh, 3-2 victors. Uh, Barisic and Kresic uh, getting on the scores, score sheet Sorry, uh, for the home side. As for the visitors, uh, Sobonovsky, Mukhev, Mukhevsky and uh, Nevesky uh, scoring the goals uh, for Queanbeyan. O'Connor 2-1 up, 15 minutes to go. Queanbeyan come back and, and snatch it. Matt? I, I, was, I was at this matchup and it was a very interesting matchup to say the least. Of course, Queanbeyan opened it with uh, O'Connor's handball on the edge of the box. And they scored the penalty. And O'Connor did sit back a little bit in the first uh, little bit, which was probably smart. Because, uh, well, just, I know they conceded the goal first up, but when you think about it, uh, Queenbin hadn't played, so they've been raring to go. So you, you know they'd be raring to go out of the box, and that's naturally how they play. Anyway, so they sat back a little bit, and even though they conceded, it was uh, all going Queenbin's way for the first bit. But once O'Connor scored, they scored with straight away in quick succession and two absolutely beautiful goals might I imagine Barisic scored uh, a beautiful vo- uh, volley into the top left corner and then Krezic scored after Barisic put over a beautiful looping three ball through ball between two of the Queen City defenders and then Krezic dribbled it around the left of the keeper left him uh, left him found and tapped it in for a goal so two very very good goals from O'Connor and it looked like it was nothing was going Queen City's way, and I, I asked uh, their coach Luca about this as well. And nothing was really going their way until they scored, and then once they scored, Queen City just had all this momentum, and they really put in the intensity coming from two one down away from home against O'Connor. So in that regard, that was a very big um, victory for Queen City, and they'll be happy with that uh, resilient comeback. In O'Connor's uh, view, though. One point now from two matches, which uh, they mentioned how the uh, the promotion, no promotion has taken the win out of their sales. However, it's not like they didn't uh, put it in in this game. Like like I said, quick succession to come back from being 1-0 down. They play Ugali next week. This should be very interesting. I was saying this about ANU before. Mm. If they don't get a win against Ugali, who have proved to be quite good this season... They could, uh, be, they could be in a bit of trouble. They, they could be, but in saying that, though, if you look at the goals from O'Connor's point of view, and there was a goalkeeping mistake for the last goal, I yep. might mention, with yep. the free kick 
and it went uh, under the uh, the hands and legs of the O'Connor keeper. So when Queen, uh, when O'Connor look at it, they'll look at it as two. Obviously, anyone looks at it as, as a, a penalty as an avoidable goal mm. um, in that regard. And then the keeping mistake, they'll look at it and saying, well, we won't be conceding those goals, sort of goals every week, sort of thing. So I think that's going to be a cracking matchup against Ugali this week. On Queen City's uh, front, though, are good on them. They uh, show great intensity to come back, and they're taking on White Eagles next week. So that should be another cracking what matchup. A cracking game that will be. It's it, MPL two is just offering the bits, aren't they? That's a Riverside at five thirty, by the way. So for the first time, uh, there won't be an MPL two match. There will be an MPL two match on that won't be at the same time as the rest of them. So there, <laughs> there should be good for those who want to head out to two MPL two matchups. And I also did have a quick chat to Queen City coach. Coach Luca Ujdar at the end of this matchup. All right, so first and foremost, uh, pretty close match on the weekend. What did you guys uh, make of your team's performance? Of course, you came out three two winners. Uh, could have gone either way. Um, I think in the second half, in the last twenty minutes, O'Connor, the momentum was was on their side. Uh, they had a couple of chances that didn't put them away. I knew if we came in at two one that we still had an opportunity to take the result. And, we changed a few things in the in the second half, and um, I think we dominated in the second half. Had a couple of chances, we didn't put the goals away, and um, the third one was a, was a lucky goal, but in the end, I guess you um, make your own luck. And you mentioned a bit there at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the first half and the start of the second half, things uh, weren't going your team's way. And uh, you guys uh, fought to come from behind. Is that a a good testament to the boys' will to try and come back? Well, it's our first game of the season, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we've been waiting for um, <laughs> four months now since, since COVID. It'll be first game, and um, first competitive game, that is. Um, so it's our baseline now. Um, it shows that we can uh, fight back when we're, when we're down. Um, and there's some character amongst the group, which is important. And next week, you guys got another big match matchup against uh, the White Eagles. How are you guys going to prepare for that one? Uh, coming off the match with O'Connor, I think it's going to be very similar. Um, as long as no complacency kicks in, we understand that it's going to be a battle, and, and we dig in and we work together as a group. Uh, you know, I can't see why we couldn't get a result as again. And lastly, here is what assistant O'Connor coach Alex Trinich had to say uh, about the contest. So, late winner from Queanbeyan. However, it was a close game, not the result you guys were looking for. What did you make of your uh, team's performance overall? I think it, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest performance uh, overall, but we had patches of you know 25 minutes where we clearly were top and dominated, and um, it was uh, you know it was a bit hard to gain complete control of the game with those refereeing standards that that we witnessed on um, on Saturday. Uh, I know um, there's a lot of dissatisfied people across Canberra with um, a lot of the refereeing standards and. You know, at the end of the day, uh, when when you're done, if you're on point with your with your game, then the referee should be taken out of the equation. But when it's a game and the sides are evenly split, then those uh, decisions can heavily influence results. And then ultimately, we considered um, a late third goal due to a goalkeeping error, and um, the game was lost with all three points were lost. In saying that, some of the positiveness from your performance was uh, Nikola Barisic scored a beautiful goal and also assisted for the second goal to put you guys in the lead in quick fashion. What did you make of his performance yesterday? Oh, sorry, Saturday. Yeah, 
Yeah, look, he, he offers a lot of a lot of uh, going forward. He's um, he's got that creativity that that we that required to go forward. But um, football's played um, both ways. So we we had Martin Zygmunt who did a lot of defensive work. He um, stole a lot of balls, um, regained possession for us. But um, yeah, I, I think um, with Fee and Graham in midfield as well, and um, he's returning from injury. With him um, being uh, taken out of the game, we started slowly dropping off towards the end there, and is uh, an integral part of our of our midfield there. So overall, you know, there is uh, some positives to taken about, but we know we can be much much better. And an opportunity to show that will be next week when you guys take the uh, long trip to Griffith to face Ugali. How will you guys uh, be preparing for that one? Yeah, look, that's that's another thing with the, you know, I'm sure it's just a coincidence which happens every year um, where certain clubs have to travel, certain clubs have got top four at home, every spread evenly spread out every two rounds, and um, yeah, so we, we, we'll be on the road to Ugali. Um, we obviously that the whole side, or pretty much the most of the side, has played MPL one with the Riverina Rhinos. We're expecting a very tough game over there. Um, it's going to be a long trip, you know. I think we're the only club that plays there on a Sunday too. Everyone else plays there on Sunday. I'm sure that's a coincidence as well. And um, yeah, it will be a very, very, very tough game up there for us. And yeah, some we're, we're actually looking forward to it. And well, the fans the field, the Salamat Stadium is in good condition, so it should be hopefully a good day of football. And hopefully we do the long trip back with six points in the bag from two great grades. And the Brindabella Blues came back from their disappointing defeat last week to Ugali to defeat Narabunda 4-1. Lor- uh, Zach Lawrence was on the score sheet uh, with a hat-trick. F- 15 minutes in, 27 minutes in, and 86 minutes in. Schaefer also with a penalty in the 34th minute, and Narabunda's goal was an own goal from Brindabella's Russo in the 10th minute. Michael, what do you have to say about this matchup? Schaefer. That's a bit of a bit of a tongue twister. I probably one. said that wrong. You My know, apologies. I reckon you got that one spot on. Um, a big win uh, for Brindabella after losing by the same scoreline uh, last week. Uh, obviously a big game for Zach Lawrence uh, scoring, scoring a hat-trick there uh, for, for the home team, which uh, will definitely uh, have put a smile on the face of, uh, of uh, Zorin. Um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, Brindabella can, can build on this result, uh, given that Zoran talked to you last week, saying that that, that wasn't the real Brindabella. Uh, they, they have a lot more uh, in, the, in the tank. They're, they're a better side than, than what they showed last week. And um, I'm glad to see that they, that they really turned the narrative around this week and they showed just exactly how good of a team they, they can be. Um, on, the other, on the other side of things, it's, it's not a great... Uh, result for Narabunda, obviously, um, you know, because not only with this heavy defeat, they, they still haven't scored yet, and it, we, we know how tough it is to get into a scoring rhythm when you've not scored in your first couple of games. You start asking some serious questions where, where the goals are going to where the goals are going to come from, and 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 how exactly you're going to put yourself in the best positions to actually kick kickstart that. Um, you know, I think. However, I think I think the buy comes at a, at a, at the right time for them to you know just really sort of sit back, yeah, have a have a chat within the within the playing group and the in the staff to sort of you know talk about what what they need to focus on and what needs to be done in terms of you know 
not only trying to find goals and get and get on the score sheet, but sort of how they can bring back um, some some good team unity there. Um, it we we mention it all the time. Although there have been teams that have struggled uh, to get off uh, to a good start this season, um, there's still there's still plenty of ga- well not plenty of games, but there, there's still a large majority of the shortened season uh, to play. Um, so it's a, it's a really a good time, I think, if you use your buy effectively, just to sort of sit back, uh, regroup, and, and and discuss sort of how you can improve uh, going forward. It it, sh- it it very well could be for Narabunda, and I hope they take this buy and uh, hope it works uh, works out well for them in the next yeah. round in round four. And for Brenda Bella, like we said, they're going to be up against it against. Wagga City Wanderers so that should be a very interesting match like I said I think that'll be a high scoring one. Oh yeah and next up we have ANU against White Eagles it finished 2-0 as Grant scored both goals in the 33rd and 38th minute of course White Eagles won the league last season and ANU won the final so this was a massive match to say the least Michael what do you think about this one? It's been a big um, match up between these two over the last five six years probably even a, a bit longer than that um, obviously speaking from experience having played for, for White Eagles I know that the ANU game is always a big one uh, given the context uh, of of the season uh, and that both teams are normally up you know in that in that top two top three region uh, of the of the competition um, obviously a big highlight here is that it's the second loss in a row for ANU uh, this season two games two losses uh, how do they come back from this um, there's a couple of question marks, but like I mentioned just before, there's still time for them to obviously turn it around. And you're not going to sleep on on ANU. Um, you, you're just not. Um, it, you'd be silly to to throw to to say that that you know they're not they're not going to come back stronger from this. Um, it's going to be obviously a, just to kind of go go a bit uh, forward uh, next week. Uh, it's another big matchup uh, that won't be easy for them against Western Malongolo. Like if if they lose again, that that would also be a, a very shock uh, sort of start to the to the season for for all of for all of us anyway. We're, I mean, we've talked about it quite a few times. Um, you know, doing the previews in the in the lead up to the season, I don't think anyone would could have predicted a possible zero three start for for ANU. Um, so it's going to be a tough one for them uh, next week. Um, but obviously, White Eagles. Uh, you know, a, a very good win for them, like I mentioned at the start uh, of, of mentioning this uh, this game, and puts them top of the table uh, with Wagga and uh, Western Malongolo. Um, ironically, it's the the side that uh, beat ANU and the and the team that they're versing uh, next next week. Um, I mean, obviously Eagles up against uh, Queanbeyan City. It's a it's a cracking game. I remember last week. Yep. I was telling you about um, O'Connor and, and White Eagles. It's it's virtually the, the same um, climatic feeling um, behind uh, White Eagles and, and Queanbeyan City. So that's going to be an, an absolute um, cracking game to to go and to go and to go and watch. And that one is, of course, at Riverside Stadium at five thirty for those who want to get out to a night match under the lights. Now, next up. As in next week, that is the end of our MPL2 recap. So next week's matches, Wagga City Wanderers, Brindabella Blues, Saturday 3pm at Gissing Oval. Western Malongolo v ANU, Saturday 3.15pm at Woden Park Enclosed. Queanbeyan City versus Canberra White, Eagle, uh, Canberra White Eagles, 
Saturday, 5.30 p.m., Riverside Stadium and Ugali against O'Connor Knights, Sunday, 2 p.m. at Solomad Stadium to wrap things up. I'm very happy to say, Michael, that I think this is the first round so far this season where every single MPL2 match is being played at a different time. So for, so for you, for those of you who want to get out to the matches, since it's not on Bar TV Sport, you've got time now. Obviously, you'll have to choose between. You don't between. have the three p.m. consecutive matches across uh, the four games, which is which is good. Obviously, you'll have to choose between Wagga City. Oh well, actually, no. It's um, what am I saying? Wagga City's over in Wagga, oh, unless you want to take a trip. You know, you might choose to go to Wagga City, but unfortunately, you won't get back in time for Queen City against uh, Canberra White Eagles. No, you won't. Uh, uh, However, yeah, so the matches in Canberra, you can, if you're in Canberra, you can easily head to those two. Um, Even if you are a little bit late to the Queen City one, for those who want to watch it since it's not on Bar TV Sports, uh, I just wanted to stress again how close the MPL2 is going to be this season, especially if ANU bounce back, uh, if ANU and O'Connor bounce back, even if it's not this round and it's next round and they both bounce back next round. It's, it's going to be a very, very tight competition this season. We're going to have more than four teams fighting for yeah. that top four, Michael. What do it's you think? Fa- yeah, it's, it's fantastic to see. We, we've mentioned it quite a few times, um, how impressed we've been by the standard of play for the MPL2 uh, competition, given they were hit by that, um, you know, not-so-pleasing news to, to, to understand, you know, that, they're, they're, that there's going to be no promotion to, to the MPL1 this season. Um, that obviously all the clubs would have been disappointed, but I mean they're reacting in the best possible way by just getting back out on the field and putting together some excellent games. That's really sort of capturing um, the attention of of everyone everyone around Canberra. I mean they've had some great games, but needless to say, not to just hop on the MPL two bandwagon here, but that goes for the MPLW competition and the and the MPL one too. I mean it, it's been great to have you know two rounds uh, be, being played. Um, some great matches, some great goals um, over the course of the last two weeks. And we just want that to continue. We love uh, the fact that, uh, we're going to say it again, but that football is back. And, um, you know, hopefully we have some more, um, and I'm sure we will, we're going to have some, you know, very good uh, topics to dis- to discuss uh, going going forward. Well, this has been our biggest show yet, and I think that's a positive sign because it just shows that football keeps getting bigger and bigger every week. Or does week. it show that we just talk too much? Oh, that very well could be the case as well. However, that just shows how uh, passionate we are about There's the There's a lot to talk football. about. There's a lot to talk about. I so. mean, when we, anytime you think that you're not going to talk for that long, you end up talking longer. It's it's always a good sign that there's a lot to talk about in Canberra football. So yeah. you, whoever, always have a, you always have a plan of how long you hope to talk for, and you always go over. Always. Exactly. But that's, you know, that's a good thing. There's it's nothing just, wrong with that. Like I keep saying, it's a good thing. It just shows how great and how many storylines there really are in Canberra. It shows I mean, how passionate we are about this game as, as well, Matt. And talking about that in terms of MPL2 before we sign off, uh, you did mention how it's disappointing there's no promotion. It's also disappointing, like I keep saying, there's no bar TV. However, don't worry, Eminem podcasts have you covered on the MPL2. Uh, you, you might we'll be singing their praises all season long. You might not see it in the Canberra Times. You might not see it in Riot ACT. However, you do see it on Eminem podcasts, don't you, Michael? Oh, the MPL2. Most definitely. We, we've, got, we've got every... Every bladder glass uh, covered. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. As always, next week I'm sure we'll have Russ back after his long work commitments. And don't forget the extra matchup this week in terms of the uh, Olympic versus Tuggeron midweek. So if you want to head mm. out to that after work or something, uh, go, down, go down and watch it. Go down right ahead. You've got an extra matchup for this week's round three of football. Thank you very much, everybody. And goodbye.